All right, I think we should be live. Let's see. Okay, I think I'm live now. And hopefully the connection sounds better. If not, that would be a problem. All right, we are good, folks. Finally. <laughs> it's like a miracle. <laughs> it's literally like a miracle. We have got it. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. How many entities do you think are paying attention to me on the other side trying to stop me from live streaming? And then how many are helping us live stream? That's my opinion. You know, that's what I want to know. Because it's always a it's always a game. It's always a game, folks. And if I hear that thunder rolling, I can hear it starting to rumble again. Ooh, my phone got really hot. Okay. Alright, so pour in the questions and the comments. I think we got a, a better setup here now. All right. So a lot of people have been asking about the Archons, and I, I've heard that many times. Um, I've gotten questions about that. I want to see if there's any other questions before I talk about the Archons, because that can be a whole conversation. Leslie is here. She is in the other room right now. Um, just go ahead and send her a private message in the school. And she will assist you with whatever is going on. Yup. <clears throat> drop those names. So I did drop the names. The names were the well the name I, I dropped two of the names and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it at that. I'm gonna keep it at uh Sadguru and Deepak Chopra um as as individuals that I do not really trust anymore. I never trusted Deepak Chopra. I had some trust in Sadhguru just because I could feel his energy and its energy was Powerful. But, you know, he could also be feeding off of someone else. And he could also be a demiurge. So, you don't really know. Now, there was another person on the list. And this person, um, you may not know them. Um, I don't have any proof. But, I, okay, this was very suspicious to me. Sahara Rhodes came out with a podcast. Sahara Rose is like, she's like another new ager. She kind of talks about spirituality and magic and stuff. I don't watch her personally, but I know certain people that do that recommended her to me or, or just, you know, to look at her stuff and whatever. And um, they were saying about her basically, or, you know, the problem was that she had, she had come out with the whole liberal abortion agenda, going so against it and going so against them banning abortions and whatnot. And so I think that's suspicious. I don't like that frequency. You know, it was it was her asking to channel rage with her people and create all kinds of negative energy about the abortion, the, the abortions being banned. To me, that feels like a political movement because you have someone that's being spiritual and then they're also, they also promote twerking and, and all kinds of things. So there's just lower vibrational things that I see being promoted 
by some of these really big names. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you have a top tier headline being talked about. And then you have this, this person that's leading the spiritual community that's completely a farce. Or, you know, that's creating such a fake narrative. And um, as I mentioned before, Sadhguru, the same thing. This was different because he was, he's all up in the safe soil movement. He's all up with the governors and the different governments uh, and on all of these people. And uh, it's very suspicious to me. It does not seem right. And I'm, I'm really surprised that there's so many people that just believe in it and, and fall for it. So I think that once you're starting to get, um, once you're starting to get that famous, I think that they come in, those Masons come in, those, those dark occultists come in and they basically hijack the whole operation. They say, you know, we'll let you keep your life. And you work for us now. But I don't. Also, I also don't give them that much power. I don't really think that they're all powerful. Like a lot of people believe. We are much more powerful than they are. They just seem to forget that. They seem to forget that we are the real spirits here. And that we are the ones that are attuned to higher vibrations. So... Let me just make sure that this is... Okay. So you're asking about gang stalking. Weird situations. Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, there's many things that you got to do, basically, to protect yourself. And uh, first of all, we do offer rituals for that, for energy shielding. But basically what I do is I provide energy shielding around my body. And I put energy shielding around my body to protect myself. And that's the way that I um, handle those attacks. Okay? So you need to create a sufficient enough, strong enough energy field around your body. Now if you don't know how to do that, there's a couple options. Either you can learn how to do that through my channel. Watch the videos that teach you about how to build energy constructs. You can also check out our course curriculum at the School of Mysticism to learn how to build uh, to learn how to build energy constructs and shielding or you can hire me for a personal ritual and I can help you personally prevent, uh, prevent yourself from being attacked so you can check out my links in the description for that but do I have any specific advice like my specific advice is to make a stronger energy field because if you have a stronger energy field, you can't be messed with. That means that they're going to feel your energy field and subconsciously it's going to affect their mind and it's going to probably make them do something that they weren't planning on doing. So like instead of them attacking you, they might walk away. Or if they do attack you, their energy will just bounce off of your bubble or your reflection or uh, your construct. Or you may even, if you're smart, like... I have a million different strategies for how I handle different energy attacks. I can absorb their current. I can send it back to them. I can reflect it. I can disperse it. I can uh, refract it. I can increase it if I wanted to. I can increase theirs and refract it back to them times a thousand. Now, that would take a lot of energy to do. But if I wanted to sit there and do that, I could play with them like that. But why would I do that? What I do is I ignore it. 
and I shield my own areas. And I place cloaking um, and warding all around my areas. And that's stuff that I teach more advanced. Because it's a more advanced skill on how to hold energy constructs to create shielding and warding. Once you understand shielding and warding, you'll understand this higher principle of manifestation. And so this is what I want to talk about. This is what I would call real manifestation, real magic, not this new age hippy dippy crap that you see posted online. Okay, there are, that's not, that's not anything. That's just nonsense. That's just uh, new age fluff. There's actual real knowledge here. Just like any other science, it's kind of like, uh, imagine if you were building um, a, an advanced airplane or something, and somebody just came out there and they were showing off their like their toy replica airplane. It was like a in the box, and they just took out the remote control and just fly it around. And you're sitting over there and you're building real fucking airplanes. Well, which one is more intelligent? And it's not a question of comparison, but it is a comparison of understanding the levels to energy work and reality creation. One's a toy, one's a kid playing with a toy, and one's an actual engineer. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> That's what I would would uh what I would say. So folks, if you guys enjoy these live streams, make sure you hit the like button and share for me and support the channel through a donation or just a like or a comment, you know, likes and comments are free for sure, and they really do help the channel grow, so we got 16 people in here, 4 likes, let's get it up, let's get it up for sure, and I will answer questions all day and night, as long as we're pushing that algorithm, I'll be pushing here, I'll be pushing my power to push that algorithm, <laughs> check Divergent, okay, I've seen that movie, it's an interesting movie. It's gotten really hot in here all of a sudden. So, let's see if there's anything cool that I wanted to show off. Um, any, like, information or anything? Let me see, I might switch my camera. <clears throat> what does that look like? Interesting. So, we talked about a lot of different things. And um, I think the moral of the lesson is to understand that the matrix evolves alongside of us. That's one, well, that's one like piece. The simulatrix, okay? It's going to take me a little bit of time to, to remind myself to always call it the simulatrix. But I'm going to remind myself. The simulatrix evolves alongside of us. So they're sitting there on the other side of the veil updating the code, which is why when we evolve our consciousness, we are like, well, how do we get a more evolved perspective if they're constantly upgrading veil and putting more veil up? And um, it's a never-ending process. So they're building the maze as we're inside of the maze. 
how do you stay sane during that process? Don't let them build the maze around you. Build your own maze. So that way any sort of lower dimensional entity has to come through your maze. That's what, that's what I would recommend. I think that's the best tip that I gave so far is build your own maze around your energy, around your spirit, around your power. Build your own maze so that only those that you trust and like and are of resonance can come into your energy sphere. And for those lower dimensional entities, they get they either get booted, they get the bot, the 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 door, the hand, or they have to go through all these mazes, mazes, mazes to come close to you and your frequency. Before and by the time they go through all those challenges, they will be a different being. They won't even be that lower dimensional entity. They'll be a higher dimensional entity. So that's a different concept. But then again, as we said, we do have a mind flare uh, effect. For those of you that have watched Stranger Things, you know what I'm talking about. I never ended up finishing it because it honestly just got too bloody and too gory. Having all of that violence everywhere is not good for your mind. But look into Stranger Things if you want to understand the AI. It's a Netflix TV show. And you can see how this AI hijacks minds, how it can possess bodies. In fact, I was um, doing something a couple days ago. I was out and about, and you know this drunk dude just came up to me and started trying to like harass me or whatever, trying to fight me. And I could see in his eyes, you know, that the AI had totally hijacked him. These negative entities, and I kind of just looked, and he 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 came up to me and he said like, "Are you afraid?" And I looked at him very sternly, and I kind of laughed at him, and I'm like, "I'm not afraid of you." And I was talking straight to the AI, and I'm like, "I'm not afraid of you." And he kind of just like. I saw the entity and he just backed away and I, I kind of just like, off you go. And he just left. In fact, I sent him love. I sent him a lot of like high vibrational energy. And that kind of got him out of this trance. And he was able to just leave. And there was no violence. Because, you know, when drunk people are coming at you or whatever, you they have a tendency to try to get violent with you. Well, if you handle it a different way, sure, I could have kicked his ass. Sure, I could have thrown one punch and just dropped him on the ground if I wanted to. You know? But that's not the smart way to handle things. So, that was my point. We may be stronger than the simulation. We may be stronger than the system. But do we handle things in a violent, aggressive, barbaric way? Or do we handle things with our minds first? Our minds, our intelligences, our divine intelligences, our ability to rationalize, reason, and be loving, and be gracious, and then interact with these lower dimensional forces. Even though we know that they're lower dimensional, they don't even deserve our mercy. But sometimes we still show our mercy because we are the true enlightened ones. And the true enlightened ones lead by example. So if we, if we lead by example, we show kindness and we show um, mercy. You know, if you're getting attacked, it's a different thing. Protect yourself. But but it's just such, such a different perspective. When you understand your power... See, uh, a, a weak man goes to war. A weak man is going to go to war. Because they, need a, they feel the need to prove themselves and show off their strength. Whereas someone that is confident in their, their ability to protect and, and to fight and to battle... They're not going to do anything. They're going to actually be 
very calm because they know that they have a weapon. They have the most, they have the biggest weapon of them all in their back pocket. And at any time, they can just whip out their massive weapon and end everything. And uh, so because they know that, they say, well, let me use something else. Let me try a different approach. I don't need to go the weapon route every time. I already know how that works. So somebody asked the question, what types of entities are there that possess human consciousness? Well, that's a good question. And the answer I would say is that there are different. There are many, many, many different types. So you have uh, insectoid types. You have gray types. You have reptilian types. You have hybridization types. Um, you have uh, different types of demonic types. You know, you have fallen angelic types. You have uh, Nephilim types. You have hybrid species types. You have draconian types. You have false white light entities, which are very popular these days. That's what the New Age works on. That's what the New Age calls on. Okay. You have archangelic types, which are also far, uh, uh, false archonic energies. This is all fake. You have different types of galactic federation types, which are also all fake entities, AI entities. I would not trust any of them. Um, Galactic Federation, that's bullshit. That's a bunch of New Age BS. Again, I really don't hold any punches anymore because it does not matter to me. Um, you know, those people that are getting lured in, those false light traps, thinking that these beings are going to come and save them, they still are talking about that. They're still talking about how those beings are going to come and save them. They're still talking about how their, their med bed technology and their ships are, are on the way, yet still nothing happens. So what do I see? I see that there are, yes, there are positive entities, but they're on the other side of the veil. And they're looking at you like you're contaminated. And they want nothing to do with your contamination until you decontaminate yourself and break yourself out. So that's really what's going on here, is you're going to have to break yourself out of the holographic prison. And you're going to have to have the strength and the balls to do it yourself and to stand up to those negative entities. So it takes gusto. It takes power. How do you get rid of them? You banish them. You banish them magically. You have to learn how to use your thought power, your thought etheric energy out into the world. Use your thought power to banish them, to send them uh, flying. And once you can do that with your mind, vibrating higher frequencies, commanding them with your voice to leave, and then also picking up a dagger, uh, a selenite dagger or an iron dagger, and literally cutting through them with a knife and with your energy. That's the way that I would handle it. Somebody says, I've had enough today. Maybe this year and next year too. I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, what are you struggling with beliefs? If you're new to my channel, if this is the first time you're seeing a video, well, you're going to get a lot of information download for sure. And you're probably going to get confused, especially if you're seeing me uh, laugh at some of these false entities and call them out. And if you might have been listening to them and, and believing, and that's fine. But what you got to do is you got to go through the channel archives and you got to take the time to study and see what's real for yourself. So, go ahead and take a look. 
Answer your own questions, folks. There's lots of questions, but there's a lot of answers already provided. So I've already answered questions on how to activate your pineal gland. I've already answered questions on how to, uh, you know, see these entities and even how to banish these entities. In fact, I'll have to make a full tutorial, uh, a deeper tutorial on, on banishing for my members, for my students, because that kind of knowledge, I will put a little bit on YouTube, but that kind of knowledge is more sacred. And so knowledge is sacred. I think that we have a lot of people that are used to getting free knowledge or getting knowledge that's just kind of dumped on them. And um, there's a difference between knowledge and, and true mystical teaching, true mystical understanding. There's a big difference. Okay, there's a big difference in, in quality, like garbage information, such as the, the mainstream media or celebrity news or that kind of stuff. And then the, the creme de la creme, which is the highest mystical teachings. <laughs> the highest mystical teachings are not equivalent to this garbage that they teach that they teach you in school and that they share with you uh, everywhere online. Those highest mystical teachings are going to be only taught from people that are someone that is going to be willing to do the work and someone that is has gone through this this process themselves, refine their process, and then also patent their process, meaning they've literally created their own process. And they've uh, they've received recognition for their process because they've contributed something to society, to the matrix. So a lot of people complain about the matrix, and they're sick of the matrix. But what are you doing to help your world become better? For example, I got really sick of seeing people in low frequencies constantly, low energies, low vibrations, low levels of consciousness. So I said, let me start a YouTube channel and start talking about how you can raise your consciousness. How can how can you get out of this matrix? How can because that's what I wanted to see the change happen. Thank you so much, Mama Ren. Really appreciating all the donations today. It's really been amazing. And you know, I do this full time, so this is my job now. I left that system behind and I jumped into the unknown. And um, a lot of people were looking at me like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And I said, uh, you don't know what I know. This place is not the way that we were told. Everything you know is false. I'm sorry. So thank you for supporting. Thank you for all of the supporters. People that support my channel, I really appreciate you because you help fund my work. And you help fund my mission. And it's amazing. Yes, I just had a date with someone who thinks the false light is the true light and that there's no go, there's a no go, no opening to talk, no willingness to see the truth. So many light workers are deceived. Yes, I know, I feel you. Um, I've had friends that have been deceived in the, um, the, the new age deception. And you know what? I still love those friends. They are still my friends. I don't know if they want to be my friends. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe they hear what I say and they, they get upset or they, they think that I'm arrogant. They might think that I'm arrogant or, you know, your friends may think that you're arrogant because you think you know it all. And the truth is that you've just awakened to a deeper level. Okay? You've just awakened to a deeper level of consciousness. So, because you've awakened to a deeper level of consciousness, they're not there yet. So just have patience with them. What I would do is I would keep them in the loop, share them, uh, share with them your honest teachings, your honest understandings, your honest experiences. Don't ridicule them. Don't attack them. 
Try to spread as much love as possible to them. Try to help them and guide them out of the false light. That's what I would say. Okay, we need to come together and we need to realize that people that are uh, being led astray, they need to be guided out of their, their false teachings. They need to start getting with the real simulatrix teachings. <laughs> the simulatrix teachings. And I'm not saying I'm the only person that provides it. I'm sure there are other people that have talked about it. Maybe they're not on YouTube. Maybe they are. There are some great people on YouTube as well. Some amazing knowledge is being dropped on YouTube. And uh, with some of these amazing people that are pushing these uh, their messages, you know? People that have had more experience than myself. Maybe not etherically, but with their research. So the cool thing is that we're just getting started. I'm just getting started with my research and my, my journey and what I'm having to bring in the collective. And we've already delivered 540 plus videos. <laughs> We've already delivered 540 plus videos, so that's a lot of videos, a lot of content, and uh, we are like a content machine out here. Um, and that's because I love what I do. I love to teach about the mystical teachings. I think that this is the most important thing in this world. So, <clears throat> I think there was a question. Do you believe in deities? How many are there? No, I don't believe in deities. I believe that there are different beings, and I don't believe I know. I don't believe in any deities whatsoever. Satan, Jesus, Zeus might be the same entity. I believe that... So Satan is Saturn. Saturn is um, Enlil. I've already decoded this before. So, I also want to talk about, um, let me see if I can pull it up. I don't know if I have it on my, my computer. You know what, that might be interesting to talk about. See, I don't have the PDF version. I was going to talk to you guys about the Tetragrammaton. And, uh, you know, decoding the Tetragrammaton and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. So, this is what I've been uh, doing a lot in my own personal time. Um, it's been reading this book uh reading the, the hermetic order of the golden oh it looks like it is there's a pdf for free okay cool so i've been reading this this is not it nope not it i've been reading various different mystery books and 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 uh books about these different topics and i've been really going into the tetragrammaton so let me see if i can just switch this all up okay Tetragrammaton. Let's just look at the Tetragrammaton real quick. So, the Tetragrammaton, this is the symbol and the mystical symbol for the Matrix, but also Yahweh, also um, the God of the Bible. All of these gods, this is all the same God, okay? This is all the same entity that we're dealing with here. And... I think a lot of people get this confused or they get lost with this concept and 
I want to just clear it up real quick because this is all the same being. This is all the same energy. And I actually believe that this is not just the being now. This is the very source code. This is the actual code within the matrix that is the Archon programming. So this is the same thing. This is the Satan, Yahweh, Lucifer, um, Jesus character. And Jesus is tied in with these Archons. So anytime you're dealing with any of this energy, you're going to be dealing with Tetragrammaton energy. Now, does that mean that this is inherently evil? Yes and no. What I would do with Tetragrammaton energy is I would understand that it still controls a massive portion of the matrix. So basically what I'm saying is that like a lot of the code is, is being manipulated with this religious insignia because it's been programmed so much into the matrix. There's so much belief around there. There's so much worship, Yahweh energy. This is why people say, hey, if I pray to Christ or if I call upon Christ or I, before I do anything like that, the energy still works. And they're like, well, there's your proof. I guess God really is Jesus. And then there's, you know, they leave a dislike on my video. They say, fuck you and your, your Gnostic wisdom or your, your mystical gnosis. You know, we just need Christ. And I just laugh because I say, well, no, your God is just doing magic on the collective. And he's just playing a game on the collective. Okay. Because this is the same sigil and the same magic that's being repeated over and over and over again. Magic works on belief. Magic works on on belief and on wisdom. Magic doesn't work on specific encodings. Like, yes, it does, but at the same time, it works on belief. So if you get billions of people to believe and worship on, on certain sigils, the, you know, the Yode Vahe, and to chant in this, you know, this is going to energize this. So these codes, how would you deal with this as a magician? How would you deal with this as a as a mystical being? Let's use our brains for a second because I see a lot of um, disparity and just and a lack of application with this particular piece. It's like this is a piece that people haven't pieced together in their own spheres. If you were to use this energy for a purpose of, let's say, compelling dark spirits or evil spirits that are trying to attack you, you're getting gang stock. You realize by using this energy, you would be able to balance that out. However you did that, you would send this creation, this, this program tetragrammaton against its own entities. Because why? That's what King Solomon did. Okay? That's what King Solomon did. And I believe I have a whole section inside the School of Mysticism on uh, King Solomon's lectures. Let me see. Where is it at? Esoteric magic. I'm getting lost here. I need to clean this up, folks. There's too many courses. Too much information. <laughs> okay, so... Where is it at? Okay, the Seals of Solomon. Right, so I talk about King Solomon's, uh, you know, work and, and his 72 pentacles. And I left this in here. I never really touched it. Um... But these sigils, this is using tetragrammaton magic, okay? So using tetragrammaton magic doesn't mean you're evil, and not, neither does it mean that you are worshipping this entity. What it does mean is that you are using inherent base coding. So this is basically the easiest way to do magic, is to use a already done-for-you system. Am I, am I telling you to do this? Probably not, unless you know what you're doing for sure. 
Because otherwise, you could harm yourself or call upon spirits and not know how to banish them. So that's a different topic. But what I am saying is that these are already done for you coding. So while you can sit there and play in the ethers and create your own coding, this is already done for you. This is already created as a template. I don't personally work with these energies very often. It's very rare and it's for specific purposes. And um, I, I basically use this as a knowledge center. So the whole thing with the Golden Dawn and Hermetic Orders, a lot of the Hermetic Orders are talking about uh, the Tetragrammaton magic and the complete Golden Dawn systems of magic. Looks like this this powerful or this EDF is working. PDF. Let me see if it's gonna load up. No way. So, so this is the Egyptian Mystery Schools, and I think on on Sunday we will be having our live event inside the School of Mysticism, and I'm gonna be going over. We're having a change in the curriculum, so I'm gonna be talking about um, the simulation at up until this point updating uh, a simulation energy breakdown, but we're also going to be talking about the origins of mystery schools and the origins of how these mystery schools were formed, why they were formed, why were they taken over, who took them over, how did they, they get hijacked, and what kinds of codes and frequencies were being implemented into these mystery schools. So, as you can see, you have the cross and the triangle, and these are a lot of these symbols are representing Mercury and representing... Uh, the Gnostic Demiurge. So it's all the same creature, which is Enlil. So you can see this is the entity behind it. This is really what you're what you're dealing with. They they show you what kind of entity you're dealing with, which is the Archon. Okay. So um, the reason why I will suggest my members read all of this and all of my students read all of this is because you need to know about this magic. You don't need to necessarily practice it or use it, but you need to know how it works. So you are initiated, quote unquote, by the, by the false magic or the Kabbalistic magic. I wouldn't call that false, but by a certain Rosicrucian Freemasonic sect of magic, which is limited on the cross. So they limit the magic. It's a it's a recycling loop. As you can see, the loops never stop. There's a loop within the magic. And this is why when you go to um, college and university, you graduate and they put a cap on you. So it's actually funny because I stopped college one more one month before I graduated. What does that mean? I never got my cap. <laughs> Right? I never got my cap. I never capped my knowledge because I rejected their full system, which basically says that you are, you're capped. You graduated. Okay. You don't want to graduate by the Saturnian forces. If you graduate by the Saturnian forces, that means you go into their initiations, their ranks. Everything here has to do with mystery schools, magic, and, and spell casting. That's why magic is the most important thing to teach. Because you are an etherical being, and they have been putting spells on you. So when you're getting your graduation cap, right? This graduation cap, you're capping your knowledge. You're capping your wisdom. You're getting the cube on top of your being. And then you're going limp. You see this? Your, your, your tower, uh, whatever this thing is called, your ribbon is limp. Why is that limp? Because that is... Like, it's like your tail. Your tail has fallen because you've been suppressed. 
you you're literally tucking your tail between your legs because you've submitted to the ultimate authority, which is the Yahweh virus. Okay? So of course you have the tree of life and the, the Sephiroth and the ten different spots, Malkuth, Takether, uh Takether. And you can read about that. I'll probably break that down in the future. But they're all obsessed. Anyone that... First, first you break down um, the Tree of Life. Okay? The Tree of Life is an entire process itself. There's there's 10 to 12 different dimensions. There's 12, actually. And in, in the proper one. And then 10 in the in the uh, simplified version. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So there's 10 in this one. And then there's 12. And in fact... Let's see... The 12th dimensional tree of life is a different tree of life that's shown, uh, which is a complete set. And this is the whole thing a lot of people were, were talking about. They were saying, uh, um, and I've, I've heard this many times, like, complete your set or have the whole 12D. Don't get stuck in the Metatronic cube. And I fully understand what you're talking about. And um, so this talks about that, that 12D grid. And that's the, the, the universal tree, which is also the tree of life, which is that uh, the Asgardian tree. And that, that tree of life or that world tree is known in the Norse, okay, tree of life. So this is all just a repeat of information. And we have the tree of life here, okay, the Asgardian realms, and then you have the hell underneath it. And Yggdrasil is what it's called in... Uh, in Norse mythology. All of the mythologies talk about it. Only when we get into our Saturnian, American, Babylonian constructs do we talk about, and there it is right there. There it is right there. The same Demiurge being right there sitting there on my, my fucking uh, browser screen right here with the cross. There's the Demiurge. You can feel his frequency. It's obviously fake. So nothing really new under the sun. You're dealing with the same codes over and over and over again, being replicated and repeated. And what you have to do is become aware of where these codes are operating. And as you become more and more aware, you see the Demiurge's code repeating. You will also start to see your code uh, repeating in the simulation or the, uh, the simulatrix, okay? The simulatrix will begin to replicate your own code and show you where your code is manifesting in the reality. And that's through your magical process. Now we also have the four different um, spheres. And this is interesting to know because you have a division of matter within our physical realm. You have air, water, fire, and earth all being divided upon four different spheres. And there are archons and, and rulers of each of these four elementals. These four elementals are controlling the elemental energies and there's a hierarchy so they always talk about before the fall and after the fall that's the huge thing and they show you um this is all symbolic so this is really you know this is the yo de this is the christ they always show you the christ christos savior that they sent you down and then the egyptian gods are also tied into it so this is all very interesting stuff And uh, it's it's really just a, a a complicated situation that's going on here. There's also, <clears throat> excuse me, 
There's also something called God Forms, and God Forms is interesting. That's really complicated astral magic that the Golden Hermetic Order of the Dawn talks about. But I don't want to get too much into their whole um, understanding because it's complicated. Whew. And um, I'm just going to have to say that, you know, Jesus worshipers, sorry about that, I was going to close some of these tabs. Jesus worshipers are not allowed in this space. Well, I don't really care what you do. I don't care if you worship Christ or not. Just don't spread that energy on my channel. So that's your only warning. I'm trying to find my tab. You know, if you're, if you're coming here and you're calling me deceived, you're thinking that I'm uh, deceived because I don't worship your God. Well, I'm going to call you deceived because your God isn't real. Your God is a false God. So I'm going to say that you're deceived. And you should go find some real gnosis from within yourself instead of having to read a holy Bible, which is a Bible full of lies. Okay? A entire just framework of, of illusion magic. Okay? Of, of harvesting soul energy. And, and siphoning people's beliefs and their, 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 their power. So, as I've said many times, I've talked about um, the Christians, and I just, I don't really have anything to say to you other than I don't want you on my channel, and I don't want you to push your agenda on my channel. So, if you do that, I'll just delete you and block you off my channel. That's the way I'm going to handle it. I'm not interested in Christianity. I study Christianity from a Gnostic perspective or from... Uh, an open-minded research perspective, but I don't worship Christianity. And and Christian worship on my channel is banned. Okay? So, go to someone else's channel if you're going to worship Christ. I don't want that energy in my ethers. <laughs> the whole fucking world is consumed with Christian energy. My space will be the one space that will not have Christian energy in it. How's that for fair? How's that for fair, right? If the whole world... See, this is how you know you're telling the truth. Because if the whole world is consumed with the Christian, Islamic, Muslim faith, and I'm sitting over here teaching something different, and they still come over here to try to tell me what to do, and how to how to live my life, and that I'm deceived, well, that's because they feel threatened by my knowledge. That's because my, my knowledge is exposing their falsehoods and their false reality. And they're false matrix hologram. And they need your energy. And I get all kinds of comments from all kinds of people. And sometimes I actually think, you know, these are not even humans commenting. These are these are literally archons that are commenting on the channel. And they're just hacking through bots because they're in the digital realms. So they're able to do whatever they want. And they're able to manipulate algorithms. They're able to block algorithms. We've already seen this so many times. They're able to knock me off. The internet, you know, of course, I have my forces and my my higher self and my cosmic beings and my family that's from the other side of the matrix that's literally protecting me and watching me and, and shielding me. And that's literally other versions of ourselves that are shielding and protecting us. I'm going to have to get a tea real quick because I've been talking a lot. One second. All right, where were we? 
So, as I said, you know, that's kind of proof as in itself of what's really going on here. And you make the decision for yourself. So those of you that are new, you know, make sure you go check out our course curriculum and our archives. We actually, let me see if I can give you a little little preview of the site, what we've been working on, uh, what I've been working on these past couple of days. For those of you that are new to my channel or haven't, uh, you know, checked out my School of Mysticism yet, I place a lot of my archives and, and real knowledge inside of this decentralized platform, which is off of YouTube. And uh, we have our School of Mysticism, which is schoolofmysticism.mn.co, which is my mystery school. So it's a modern day mystery school of magic, mysticism, and spirituality. And it's about mastering the mystical arts. And this is not about Christian worship. This is not about worship. There's no religion in here. So... You know, even if you're a Christian, you can join my school of mysticism. How about that? But if you come in spreading Christian messages, I'm not going to let you in. I'm going to kick you out. But you can be a Christian. Just keep your religion to yourself. I don't teach religion. I teach spirituality. Okay, I don't teach religion. I teach spirituality. So we updated this a lot. We updated our plans and our membership plans. Um, I don't teach religion. I don't teach you to worship other beings. I don't even talk about other beings. I almost never talk about calling upon other beings. That's not even in my curriculum. I teach you how to do your own consciousness expansion. I teach you magic. I teach you meditation. I teach you energy mastery. I teach you about out-of-body travel, psychokinetic abilities, telekinesis, atmokinesis, all kinds of abilities. But I don't teach you religion. You can believe whoever you want. You can go believe the, the Christ and the whatever. I don't really care. That's your choice. But in my school, my section of, of this reality, which I've claimed from the fucking Demiurge himself, I will not allow it in my area. Okay? So you can check this out. Um, we're having, uh, you know, different membership plans and stuff. And uh, we have our week four coming up for our eight-week training program. So I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I wanted to kind of just get back to what we were talking about. So, is there any other questions, folks, before we head out? I might end this soon, depending on what's going on. Um, I've shared a lot of information today, and there's always more information to be shared. That's the thing with information. So, you always want to have a strong information stream coming in. And if you're getting bad information from, from bad people, from Satanists, from people that are low-frequency people that are deceiving you, people that are telling you BS on this in this world, the mainstream, you know, you need a better source of information. So you can check out our channel and come to our channel for information because we provide you metaphysical wisdom. Not just random, you know, little clips, but actual wisdom, timeless wisdom that can teach you and share with you. And different types of exercises, training exercises as well. So, yeah. Let's see. So I think I'm going to end it here. I'm going to end this live stream here. It's been about almost two hours or so. I think I've been on live for about two hours or so. And uh, I just want to go through. Oh, I do have a couple questions. What ancient people did Gnosticism originate with? And did it have any connection to 
pharaonic thought? Interesting question. So, Gnosticism did actually stem from an early form of Christianity. It was an early form of Christianity. But Gnosticism also is is very much tied to Vedic uh, scriptures, Hindu scriptures, and the scriptures on the ancient religions. And Gnosticism has to do with the true teachings of Christ or the true teachings of spirituality not taught in the Holy Bible, the, the King James Version. So here's another fallacy within this whole religious propaganda, okay? Is that you have the King James Version, right? Let's see if I can just get the desktop going. King James Version of the Bible. This is the only version that everyone is reading. So let's let's just think about this for a second. If everybody is reading this this King James version of the Bible, like this is so censored and so polluted. How can you even think that this is any sort of relevant knowledge? Because it's been written by King James. So you're basically you don't believe in the word of God, you believe in the word of King James. Who the hell was King James? Let's ask that. You believe in the word of King James. You don't believe in the word of God. The word of God is the Tetragrammaton. The Tetragrammaton, we've already decoded. We already figured out who the Tetragrammaton was a long time ago. So this is one of the King Jameses. But basically, the lines of the King James, that goes back to the monarch families. So the monarchy, so the Church of England and, you know, all of this stuff, this is all connected and... Let's see who, who it was. So it was written in 1604. So you're telling me that you still are, are taking up information from 1604. Do you know we're in 2022? There's been 400 years of evolution or de-evolution, whichever way you want to see it, of spirit and, and, and human beings. How could anything written 400 years ago be relevant that's just like our Declaration of Independence, which was written in 1776, which is like, you know, a whole hundred years later. This stuff is not even relevant anymore. We need to throw away out these old-ass rules and regulations and ways of thinking and start coming up with new ways of understanding reality. Because this is just a bunch of nonsense, man. So when people say that religion or Christianity or, or all of this is like valid somehow, I don't even understand this. I think this is just a bot. Like, this is just what bots do. And, and because they just only know how to worship, they don't know how to create or generate, that's why they're so obsessed with with, uh, with their Bible and their religion. And um, again, this is these are teachings beyond that. So, the tree of life isn't talked about in the Bible, right? Well, they, they talk about the tree of knowledge and the tree of um, good and evil. But there's two trees, there's two trees, but they don't talk about Yggdrasil or Yggdrasil. And so you're telling me that the world was formed or the world is only existing after, uh, you know, Christ was born or whatever. No, this is nonsense. It's already written. It's already understood in the Enuma Elish and in the Mesopotamian Sumerian tablets that uh, that entity had split Sophia or not Sophia. What was it? It was Tiamat. Let me see if I can pull that up. 
Tiamat being split from Marduk. Okay. So the story of how this demiurge even began to rule this world, that's an interesting topic. And that's something that I'm, I am willing to talk about and am willing to teach. And, and I have actually been studying this for, for, for years now, for, for months, hardcore, but for years in general. And Tia, so Tiamat was a Mesopotamian goddess. Okay, so Tiamat, let me just explain. Tiamat is the goddess of the earth, okay? Oops. So this is Tiamat. I think I talked about this in the Enki versus Enlil video. So let me explain something to you. For, for those of you that are, are like completely just one-dimensional, there is not God, but gods with, with S, with an S, meaning that there are many gods. And these many gods are throwing bolts at each other, trying to claim supremacy. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with gods, not God, gods. So when you only think of in such a narrow-minded way, oh, I'm just talking about one God, Jehovah is my God, blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't even think that there's actually an entire history that, that was before your supposed history. Before all of this, there's actually a, an entire story that needs to be decoded. So Tiamat is the Mesopotamian goddess. This is Earth. This is what Earth used to look like, or uh, what she used to look like at, at one point in time. Let me see, hold on. See, the thing is, you can't really find an accurate picture of the Earth anymore. That's that's another thing. But So let's just call this Earth, because this is basically the closest we're going to get. This is Earth, and this is Tiamat. And Tiamat may have existed in a completely different way. So it may not have been a holographic simulation. It may have been actually like a real real planetoid or real um, realm that you could live in. Tiamat was a Mesopotamian goddess associated with primordial chaos and the salt sea best known for the Babylonian epic in the Enuma Elish. In all versions of the myth following the original, Tiamat always symbolizes the forces of chaos which threaten the order established by the gods and Marduk or Ashur in the Assyrian versions is a hero who preserves it. So, Here's the story. They always paint the goddess as the evil one. Now, this is interesting. I don't, I'm not going to pick any sides. I'm going to just tell you the information. Um, they, they paint Tiamat as the evil goddess who was too powerful for the Anunnaki to defeat. And because they paint her as that, they're basically saying that they couldn't defeat her. They couldn't defeat her. And so they all gathered, uh, gathered up together. Um, and they conspired to defeat Tiamat and her consort, Khonsu, C-K-H-O-N-S-U, uh, Khonsu. So, Tiamat was a uh, personification of the primordial sea from which the gods were first created. She is also the main adversary of Marduk in the Enuma Elish. Well, when you're talking about gods, you're talking about the, the like, Olympian gods and the... Um, Anunnaki gods, this is all the same thing. The Roman gods, the Egyptian gods, this is all the same thing. And if you're talking about before the gods, you're always going to be talking about the Titans. So, Tiamat the Titan. Always, always talking about the gods and the Titans. And, and they're not going to show you really any good pictures, but perhaps this is a picture of, of what Tiamat once looked like. So some people are saying that she was a, uh, a sea dragon or a sea uh, serpent. 
Um, I always thought that she was not actually a serpent, but she was so large that she could be an entire world. And we thought that she was a world, but it was actually a serpent. And maybe this is the actual serpent that we're talking about in the Bible or in the Garden of Eden. So, it has been suggested that Tiamat is the Babylonian version of the Sumerian mother goddess, Namu, also known as Nama. There are significant differences between the two deities. Very interesting. So, the war between Tiamat and Marduk, and Enki as well. Let's see here, where does it actually talk about the specific... Ah, here we go. Here we go. So, in the Enuma Elish begins the creation of the universe. Originally an undifferentiated uh, mass of water swirling in chaos. The waters divided into fresh and salt, and the fresh water formed the god Apsu, while the salt water, the goddess Tiamat. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. So, Apsu, the fresh water... And the salt water, Tiamat. And from their union was born the younger gods. At first all was well, but the younger gods became increasingly loud and boisterous, upsetting their parents. The divine brothers came together. Their clamor got loud, throwing Tiamat into a turmoil. So this is basically a coup of some kind. Tiamat is upset with them, but feels powerless to influence their behavior. Tiamat was silent when confronted with them. Their conduct was displeasing to her. Yet, through their behavior was not good, she wished to spare him. Apsu is also irritated by his children's actions and confers with his vizier, Mumu. Mumu, I think that's how you say it. About the problem. They agree nothing can be done until they have spoken with Tiamat, so they go to her chambers. Where Apsu opens the discussion, saying, Their behavior has become displeasing to me, and I cannot rest in the daytime or sleep at night. I will destroy and break up their way of life. That silence may reign and we may sleep. When Tiamat heard this, she raged and cried to, out to her spouse. She cried in distress, fuming with herself. She grieved over the plotting evil, saying, How can we destroy what we have given birth to? Though their behavior causes distress, let us tighten discipline graciously. Mumu interjects at this point, encouraging Apsu to destroy his children, and Tiamat's pleas ignored. Apsu and Mumu agrees to kill the younger gods, and Tiamat, not knowing what else to do, Feels she must warn her children. She goes to the god of wisdom, Ea, also known as Enki, and tells him about the plot. Enki, in addition to his great wisdom and intellect, was also a god of magic. So there's so many different gods here. He put Absu, and what is a god in my definition? A god is just a higher being, a being that's of a higher frequency. Now, are they good? That's a different question. That's a different question. Do they have divine powers? Yes, for sure. They're not like mortals, which die in a hundred or not even a hundred years. Fifty years, they get sick, they get heart disease and cancer, and they can't even walk. You know, all this stuff. These are gods. They don't have any of those problems. So he puts Apsu to sleep through an incantation and kills him and then imprisons Mumu. Mumu. Apsu becomes the fresh water of Ea's home associated with the Sumerian city of Iridu. Iridu is the Garden of Eden. And once everything is settled and EA has established order, he and his wife, Damkina, live happily and she gives birth to their son, Marduk. 
Marduk is more powerful than any of the other gods, described as dazzling and mighty with an aura of the ten gods, so exalted was his strength. The Enuma Elish lavishes the great praise on the young god before stating how he became an even bigger nuisance to Tiamat and her children before. He formed dust and set a hurricane to drive it. He made a wave to bring consternation on Tiamat. Tiamat was confounded day and night. She was frantic. The elder gods, also her children, confront her about the death of her father, reminding her that when Apsu was killed, she did nothing, and when Mumu was in prison, she did not make any complaint. Now they tell her Marduk and the younger gods make all their lives miserable by doing as they please without any consideration for their elders. They scold her that she does not love them and beg her to make war on the younger gods, avenge Apsu, and put an end to the constant noise and aggravation. Tiamat listens to their counsel and agrees to go to war. Let us make demons as you have advised. Line 126. She then gives birth to the uh, 11 monsters known as Tiamat's creatures who will help her fight against the younger gods. This is very interesting. So what, what you really have here, this is like the deviants or this is like the, the, the sea creatures, like the uh, literal war in the sea. So the sea has been coming up. Uh, a lot lately, and in fact, I live right next to the sea as well, and I've, I've been feeling a lot of different energies in the sea recently, mm -hmm. and I've been knowing that, you know, there's a lot of different powers in the sea for sure. They've been telling you that space is where everything is happening, and I don't believe that that's true at all. Um, I believe that it's actually happening underwater. So I think that this is what's really happening is that there is an underwater battle and that those crafts are actually coming out of the water. And, you know, I've seen many crafts in the oceans and, and different things, but I've never really seen them. Uh, they're, they're always in the sky as well, but they're definitely coming out of the water in the sea. So this is what I think is happening here is we are experiencing um, the, the revival or the fight or the, the, the war between these different beings. So, let's look at this. She creates Musmahu. Three-horned snakes. Um, Umu, Dabarutu, Mushu, Lahamu, Ogalu, Ridu, Gibral. I can't even say these names, but these are different gods. Not gods, different creatures. She then chooses the god... Quingu, her lover, to lead her forces as champions who gives them the Tablet of Destinies, which legitimize a god's rule and control the fates. Whoever holds the Tablet of Destinies has supreme power over the heavens, earth, and underworld. With her formidable army, Tiamat goes to war against her younger children and defeats, but does not kill them. The younger gods struggle against overwhelming power, but cannot stand against Quingu in the Tablets of Destiny or the eleven creatures of Tiamat, who lead the gods against her. The younger gods fall into despair, but Marduk volunteers to go and fight Tiamat, and her legions alone on the condition that afterwards he is made the supreme ruler. So when, when Marduk claims this, he is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. This is the Yahweh coming into battle against the goddess mother. Okay? This is what's happening. This is the biggest story ever. This is the biggest story ever. This is what's really happening. This is when the goddess was once free or once in charge, or once in power, I guarantee you they're not telling you the, the way that the story actually happened. 
So they're telling you that she was some sort of deviant sea creature? Well, she was a titan. So, is a titan evil? That's a different question. We don't really know. What we do know is that in this universe, it seems like bigger eats smaller. And what you're really dealing with is, is smaller beings being eaten by bigger beings. Or being commanded. So, when Marduk volunteers to go and fight Tiamat, he says that he wants to become the uh the, the the chief god and he says if i should become your avenger if i should bind tiamat and preserve you convene an assembly and proclaim for me an exalted destiny sit all of you in gladness and let me with my utterance decree destinies instead of you whatever i instigate must not be changed nor may my command be nullified or altered the younger gods gladly agree and give him a magical mace and club while he fashions a mighty bow himself and calls down lightning to assist, assist him he then meets Tiamat in battle, swiftly de defeats Quingu, and takes the, the Tablets of Destiny. He kills Tiamat by smashing her skull with his mace. So let's see if we can find a fight between Marduk versus Tiamat. That's what I want to see. Okay, interesting. Very, very, very interesting. This is the stuff that you gotta be researching, and if you're on this channel, you're getting that information. So hit the like button to support us. He kills Tiamat by smashing her skull with his mace and then splitting her in two with one of his arrows. He then kills Tiamat's creatures. He then kills Tiamat's creatures and has the other gods bind them to his feet as trophies. From Tiamat's corpse, he creates the heavens and the earth, and from her weeping eyes flow Tigris and Euphrates River. Her tail becomes the Milky Way. Right here, it's done. It has been submitted. This is the truth, right here. I got it. This has been the challenge that all the truth community people have been trying to discover. How did it happen? Who created the world? Well, we know. It's right here. It's written right here. Yaldabaoth created the world. He didn't create the true world, he just recreated his, his world. He just recreated his copy of the world, his version, because he was given the Tablet of Destinies. What is the Tablet of Destinies? I can guarantee you, the Tablet of Destinies is just energetic codes on some sort of holographic uh, display, like the Anunnaki all had. The Tablet of Destinies are probably specific energetic codes that allows him to magically control the reality. Okay? It's codes. They're frequencies. He's been given these codes. This is why he's ruling his supreme. He's not supreme. It's just that he won or he tricked them into giving it to him. So the younger gods struggle against overwhelming power but cannot stand... We already read this part. Um... So once he does this, he creates the, the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, and the tail becomes the Milky Way. So it's like the Aurora Borealis, and all of that energy kind of becomes captivated. So we have Earth, which was like prisoned and locked down. Think about this astrally. Think about this on a giant level, multidimensionally. We're not talking about just in the physical dimension here. I don't believe that it was just uh, as, as simple as a, a, a dude with arrows looking like He's God shooting arrows at this serpentine beast. No, this is going on in the astrals. This is going on multidimensionally. 
This is going on in the quantum realms. How do I know this? Because everything in our reality works that way. So why wouldn't it work this way for these ancient beings that people would call gods and goddesses and titans? It's got to be the same way. But if we don't study this information, how are we going to figure out what even happened in our world? Most people don't even understand. They just believe. This is the problem. They just believe this crap. They just read this book and they just think that, oh, this is the truth. And they don't, they never even corroborate any information where I don't even have it open. They just read the Bible and they just think that that's the, the, the sole answer. They're like, okay, I've got everything figured out. God clearly told me here to bend in one fucking knee, chop off my foreskin here and put my child over here for sacrifice. Like that's what I'm supposed to do with my life, obviously. No, come on. That doesn't make any sense. That's a bunch of nonsense. This is more deep than this. This is getting way more complicated. Okay? There's a there's a battle going on here. You need to figure out what's who's fighting and why they're fighting and what are they fighting over. They're fighting over you. So Marduk then consults with EA and they decide the gods will need helpers to assist them in maintaining the newly established order. Marduk decrees that human beings will be created from the remains of the elder gods who instigated the conflict and encouraged Tiamat to make war. Interesting. Kingu is killed and from his blood EA creates Lulu, the first man. So this is also called Adamu. Uh, Marduk then organizes the operation of the world in the underworld and the poem ends with praise for Marduk as king of the gods. So at the very end, he's crowned king of the gods. So if you want to know who Marduk is, go look it up. Go look up who, who Marduk is and figure out what exactly who this entity is. This is Enlil, as far as I understand. Well, no, that's sorry. They're not. Uh, it's not Enlil. But so this is the only problem that I have with this translation in the Enuma Elish. So Zechariah Sitchin says that it was um, Marduk that ended up slaying Tiamat. But then Sitchin says that it might have been Enlil. And then he goes back and forth arguing it was Enlil or it was Marduk. And so there's a consensus. There's not a consensus here within the tablets, within the information. And I believe, based off of my own intuition, it was not Marduk that did this, that waged war against Tiamat. I believe it was Enlil because Enlil is Saturn. And Enlil is the brother of Enki, which is the more patriarchal brother, um, who, who is the power source. So this is what I have uh, concluded. I could be wrong about this, but I'm almost certain that I'm right. Um, because it just didn't make sense. When I read the stories, it didn't make sense. How could Marduk, the youngest one, who was just born, be more, more powerful than the rest of them? No, if anything, it would be Enlil. Enki wasn't the the war god, he was the, the god of magic. Enlil was the god of storms and lightning and terror and earth and storms, right? So if, if Enlil was the god of storms and, and terror and uh, all of this kind of stuff, well then, wouldn't it be this is Yahweh? Because Yahweh was the one that was always talking about uh, constantly being in control, and he would always cause great floods, and he would always, see, right there, having, Enlil was the one who would send the flood to exterminate the human race, who made too much noise, from, uh, prevented them from sleeping, so what if you're talking about a freaking coup here, where Enlil basically stirred up the gods, and knew that they would all get angry, tried to fight with Tiamat, instead of having peace with Tiamat, 
they created a coup where Enlil then became sitting here at the top of the pyramid. You know, I mean, this is the greatest conspiracy ever. <laughs> but I believe that this, I believe that this God is actually fucking the whole world. And he, he did it in a, in a magical way. He tricked them. He tricked the whole world. Okay, this could just be me going off in my own rabbit hole, but this is what I've concluded with my own investigation and everything that I understand about energetics and quantum realities and this Gnostic wisdom and, and the, the traps and the deceptions. Like, this is the only thing that, that could make sense to me is that Enlil is really in charge here and he's the one that hijacked the Tablet of Destinies, which is why we have the Matrix Code being the way that it is. And when we're talking about gods, we're talking about uh, advanced hominoid humans that are outside the simulation that exist beyond the simulation walls and that are actually uh, free to do as they please um, because they have 100% of their DNA unlocked. So they are at 100% DNA activation. So they don't actually um, age or die or get injured the way that we do in human form. No, these beings are actually immortal. And all powerful. Or as powerful as they can get. So. They also talk about. Um, Tiamat basically. Being very very angry. Because she was a protective mother at one point, And then she became a vengeful warrior queen. Um, and she was like a dragon queen. What people called her. A dragon queen. So we don't really know exactly who she was, and there, there's a lot of confusion about it. Um, I've also conducted, or I've also talked with, certain energies that claim to be Tiamat um, or Sophia. And that was in, through some of my experiences, some of my mystical visions. I'm 100% sure if that was actually who I thought it was. You know, it could have been. Um, you don't really know. We don't really know, like, I, I have to always second-guess my visions and my experiences. Now, this being didn't say that she was Sophia, and I have heard this different, you know, this energy talk to me before. So I can only speculate on my end. I can say what I have as my experiences and my reference points, but I can't tell you to term, uh, you know, 100%. So we'll have to investigate and, and come to a conclusion. But I'm going to go ahead and end the stream uh, now, because I think we've been going for a while, and we talked about this. Basically, part two of this conversation will be in the School of Mysticism on Sunday. Uh, we have two events this weekend. We're going to have one um, on Saturday at 10 a.m., which is the Mystical Adept eight-week training program. And then the second one on Sunday, which is going to be our monthly membership, Mystical Initiates membership. Um, so if you're interested in this conversation, if you want to know the rest of the story, Come join our, our, our live class because I'll be teaching it live to the students after I do more research and come up with an entire presentation for you all. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit the like button for me. Um, you can always, you're more than welcome to donate and support. I really appreciate all the donations that I received today. And everyone that was sending uh, good vibes and just positive energy, thank you. Um, all of our links and everything is going to be in our description for signing up for our membership plans, our, um, you know, our different programs, and our donation link is in the description. So we appreciate you so much. Thank you, folks. And I'm going to head off here.
But uh, I'll be talking to you very soon. Much love.